I wish Fox would give me $350 million like Tom Brady's about to get. It's time for Garbage Time. Guys, welcome into Garbage Time Fantasy Football. Tonight it is me and Ryan going in, as always, the ghost of Ron Seymour. The ghost is always here for the real analysis, and Ron is only here for the mock drafts. How are you doing tonight, Ryan? Good, good, and you'll you'll be happy knowing it's actually a $375 million. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I lowballed it. So even better, I'm pretty sure, <clears throat> like, doubling how much money he made in his whole NFL career. So, like, I think he's made, like, 350 in his NFL career. Not so do you like, think Joe Buck's pissed off that Tom Brady's never commentated and he's going to be coming in and making more money than him? I mean, maybe, but, like, I don't know. Once you're a millionaire, does it even matter? I, I would think not. He may take a hit to his pride. Not that Joe Buck's one of the better analysts anyway. But yeah, uh, if I haven't seen Tom Brady enough in the NFL, now I'm going to have to listen to him in the booth. Absolutely fantastic. It's, I will... it's like your worst nightmare come true. It is, and now I'm going to be watching a lot less of Fox. Good thing CBS plays all the AFC East games. <laughs> so guys, if you like what you hear on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, you can uh, subscribe here to the show on YouTube, listen to us here, watch our lovely faces, and uh, hit the like down below. And if you... Uh, Want to listen to us in audio form? There's many formats you can do that in. You can do it on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio. Tune in, tune in, and anywhere else you hear podcasts. And if you would love to leave us voice or hate mails, feel free to do it at www.garbagetimeff.com. And without further ado, the uh, topics of the night are the rookie quarterbacks, running backs, and tight ends. We'll wrap that up and give you guys a rookie dynasty mock draft tomorrow so you have some information going into your mock drafts. With that, let's get into the news. News updates. And guys, uh, tomorrow night for the mock draft, it'll be me and JJ. I don't know if Ron will be joining us. Uh, Ryan's got other endeavors. So with that, our first little bit of news tonight is Sony Michelle has signed with the Dolphins, so this brings their roster to Chase Edmonds, Raheem Moster, Miles Gassens, and now the newest member, Sony Michelle. What do you make of this clusterfuck of a backfield, Ryan? Just why? Like I, I hate the fat so much that I have Miles Gaskin on my fantasy team. I need to cut bait. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what they're looking for, but yeah, just so how many are they at? Did you say are they at four or five? Four. Um, did they draft anyone too, to your knowledge? I don't think so. Yeah, um, no, I don't I, I don't believe they did it here. Not any of the top ones anyway. Um doesn't mean they don't have any undrafted free they, agents they won't bring in. They drafted uh Zaquandre White. So they do have someone, and so now they have five in that backfield. That doesn't include anyone on the practice squad, too. Are they going to be this version, this year's version of the Philadelphia Eagles backfield, where people are going to be plucking some of these players off waivers, hoping for production when the injury started? 
Yeah, I think it's almost like uh, you're going to wait and see, and you're going to have to see who in that backfield actually gets the hot hand or the work. But then the tough thing, too, is like you don't know if they're going to stick with it because there's no telling what they're going to do. Um, that's just a mess, and more and more backfields are getting messy. So if you define a running back that's like the guy on a team, it's almost getting more and more rare. So it's definitely mm-hmm. – those those top running backs are becoming more and more valuable. It's harder to find them. And when we get into the rookie running backs tonight, too, I think we're going to see that's going to be the theme of this draft class, too. Um, yeah. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, next little bit of news is a tidbit that came out of Trubitsky's contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I found this a little bit interesting. So Trubitsky's two-year, co- two-year contract, uh, which is $26 million, um, is dictated on playing time and – playoff playing time as well. Um, do you think this could lead into Kenny Pickett starting from week one just so the Steelers could potentially save money? It seems like they really want him more in the backup role, but I'm kind of looking at the language of this. Yeah. Um, do we – let's see what the incentives are. Let me see. Like, is it like a percentage? Yeah, based on playing time is what I was saying. Well. Oh. Yeah, I mean that makes so really like what's his what's his base? Okay, so it's fourteen million just a base, and then another four million per season if he for playtime incentives. It looks like so it's feeling like backup money. Yeah. Um, so so what's your gut telling you? Could he or someone else not named Kenny Pickett start for this team, or do you think it's ultimately going to be the rookie? I don't know. I it's looking like around sixty percent. So, so it sounds like like based on what I'm reading is they they did those and ba- because of Mitch what Trubisky's done in the past, those would be considered not likely to be earned because he's mm-hmm. been a backup role. Um, so it kind of helps manage their cap space. So it may it may be more to do that because since he didn't since those incentives would be considered not likely to be earned, kind of saves him the cap space for this year. Does this make Kenny Pickett less or more valuable for fantasy football dynasty drafts coming up over the next few weeks? I think more. I mean, honestly, he's probably the one quarterback that I think I, I think he has the best shot of starting. Okay, we'll we'll year. drop that thought too. I just wanted to highlight that a little bit when we get into his breakdown too. Um, Yeah. JJ, I think would tell us that he thinks that Mr. Bisky is talented enough to start and take over this team. Um, But my gut is initially they're going to go right to the rookie. He's a hometown kid. He can sell tickets and this looks like a backup contract. Oh, so you think he starts week one? I do. Ooh. Yeah. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, that they're going to throw him right to the fire. Big Ben. I'll invite you to take with JJ. We got to see if we get JJ in on it. If you wanted to do that, I would take him up on that. That would, that would be an interesting one. Balls in your court, JJ. Yeah. Let, let, us, let, let me know for tomorrow, show. JJ. Maybe he'll pop into the comments too tonight and see if we can talk about that. Um, yeah, my gut is, is that they will start in week one. It's not that they've never not been successful at starting a rookie. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger came in when Maddox went down very early in the 2000s and played pretty well as a rookie. And they would look to establish a run with uh, 
Najee Harris here too. So you got I can, Najee I can, Harris. Can, you got Pat Fryermuth. You got their receivers, Deontay Johnson. Not only that, they drafted the kid from Georgia too. So there's weapons here. Mm-hmm. I think I think it could be a really good possibility. And this is the kind of team that you would start a rookie into. Number one did defense. They just draft any linemen? They did, didn't they? Like O line. I think yeah, they they did beefed I that up a bit too. So all the right moves. It's definitely an interesting option. All right, uh, moving on to now to the uh, Ravens signed Mr. Concrete Feed himself, uh, Mike Davis, to a contract. Does this show that they're uh, a little bit concerned about J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards' ACL injuries from last year, or is this just another mouth in the backfield? I, I definitely think it's an insurance policy. Um, you got two guys coming off pretty serious injuries. Mike Davis did did show that he was able to be a – he kind of showed he might not be a starter, but he was able to fill in when, when the Panthers needed him back when Christian McCaffrey went down. So – um, I, I'm saying that's a insurance policy. I don't, I don't really foresee him getting a bunch of work unless one of those guys goes down. Is JK Dobbins going to come back and take his starting role again? I think so. Yeah. And what's the value of Gus Edwards in this backfield? I, I understand it's early in the off season, but what do you see it as? I would say he's your, he's your handicap if you take JK Dobbins. Yeah. Because honestly, I think one is the insurance policy for the other two. Yeah. Um, and J.K. Dobbins may be a pretty good value for your uh, fantasy teams this year. He may be that one that you may drop into the fourth or fifth round you could potentially take there. And people are going to forget how productive he was the one year before the injury started. So 100%. it could potentially be very good uh, if you trust that injury is healed up. This Ravens wide receiver group without Marquise Brown, like, wow. Juicy? Not really. <laughs> Rashad Bateman, Bateman, Devin Duvernay, and James Proch the second. I actually wanted to cover this a little bit too. Um, this wasn't our news tonight. This. Yeah. So, what's uh, interesting about this too is Hollywood Brown is the kind of receiver that didn't really take the top off a team. He was more of a possession receiver, got a lot of targets thrown his way. And the rookie from last year, remind me of the name, I always forget it for some reason. Bateman. Yeah, Bateman is more of a kind of wide receiver that takes the top off the teams. So it'll be interesting to see what role they stick him into because him and Hollywood Brown are not the same kind of wide receiver. Um, he's obviously going to get a little bit more production here. There's going to be more balls to throw around now that Hollywood Brown is gone, but this is not a very pass-productive team anyway. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of this production go back to those running backs and the tight end position where they have Mark Andrews, and I think he's going to be the biggest – productive player out of this hit. I mean, he's one of the top three tight ends for fantasy football already, and he easily remains there, I think, with Hollywood Brown leaving. Yeah, and to your point about, like, not really taking the top off, Um, so, I mean, he had a 1,000-yard receiving, but that was off of 91 receptions. He was averaging 11 yards a reception. So, like you said, kind of like just that that possession receiver, you know? Yeah, if anything, Duvernay is really the wide receiver that would take the tops off of teams. But uh, don't be surprised that the Ravens kind of dabble their fingers in the uh, veteran wide receiver pool here. There's still a few of the guys out here. And there was actually a rumor floating around today about the Packers still wanting to float their arms around this pool too. Uh, rumors specifically talking about them not being afraid to potentially sign a Jarvis Landry or Odell Beckham 
ultimately, do you see one of these guys maybe landing with the Packers? And do you think this would cripple Christian Watson's rookie value? I I guess maybe, but like the wide receiver market right now is just so bloated. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like the inflation we're seeing around the country. Yeah. So I don't know. Um I am just now realizing like Mark Andrews freaking killed it last year. Yeah, he had a fantastic year. Yeah. And without a doubt, I can tell you he's gonna be the keeper in our uh, auction league this year for me. One of my two. Yeah. Like holy shit. Yeah, um I think I think I, like, there's several teams that are open to wide receivers right now. So it all depends on how much of a bidding war gets started. Um mm-hmm. OBJ is an interesting prospect because I would I'm gonna assume he's probably gonna come at some type of a discount. Um so teams that might not have a ton of salary cap definitely might be looking at it. Uh, now, do you think Jarvis Landry ultimately ends up with the Packers? I could see that. I would, I would, I would like his value there too. That would be. Where would this, where would this align him along with other wide receivers for fantasy drafts? What level would you stack him in? He'd probably be a solid wide receiver too, I think. Would you put him up there with someone like, say, uh, Cortland Sutton? Yeah, same ballpark. Um, definitely would would hurt Christian Watson's value. What about his dynasty value? Would you still look at Watson being as potentially a good dynasty value, maybe somewhere in that uh, 7 to 10 range? Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, Jarvis Landry's not really young, right? No, he's 29, I believe. Yeah, so I still think I still like the fantasy value there. I think we mentioned it in our previous pod. The only thing that makes me nervous is Aaron Rodgers isn't isn't here for a long time. Um and it's seeming like Jordan Love is not the answer for them. So I would just be nervous what happens once a Rodgers leaves. Yeah, it's definitely some uh Things to think about with Christian Watson. I believe he's got a very high ceiling, but the bust potential is definitely there with him. Um, so, but that that ceiling is juicy, and he is going to be one to watch to see what he does in these rookie dynasty drafts, which a lot of people have currently done and are going to be doing over the next so, few weeks. So that's why we're focusing on that topic tonight. Uh, next little bit of news that we have here tonight is there is absolutely no updates on Chris Carson's injuries. And Pete Carroll said he doesn't believe there's going to be updates for quite some time. Is he going to make it back to the field this year? Or is this the reason why they drafted a rookie running back this year? I definitely think it's the reason why they drafted uh, Walker. Um, and it makes you wonder if, if Carson ends up, you know, the odd man out. Um and then Penny himself is injury prone. So really Walker could end up with a ton of work. And they did bring, bring back Rashad Penny. So that's telling you they may see him in some kind of a role. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't know what to perceive of this because he kind of played coy. They are going to look to run the ball on first, second, and third down this year. I, I think it's going to be running back by committee. But I mean, he's not afraid. He's never been afraid to play the running back that has the heavy hand, whether that be the late round running back or someone that's perceived to have less value. I mean, Carson played over Rashad Penny for the majority of his career. He was the seventh round pick. 
So, I mean, Pete Carroll's not afraid to play whoever he thinks is going to be the best fit for that team for what he needs at that moment. Yeah, and I mean, they're all, like, the only thing, it makes me wonder if Carson would be able to take them, like, the amount of work that I, the, the Seahawks are going to be running the ball a lot more than they even did previously, I think. Um, I mean, let me, Russell Wilson had 400 pass attempts this past season. I don't, I don't think they hit that this season. Um, I think it's going to be a lot more of the run game. So they might be able to have to do by committee just because, just to keep, try to keep those guys healthy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they may be drafting a rookie as of next year because there's a lot of good ones coming out of the draft for next year, but let's get to this first season before we get to that. Uh, <clears throat> two last things to cover really quick here. Uh, Grok said he could be ready in two weeks. So what week does he rejoin the Bucks? You think it's like last week of training camp? Yeah, pretty much once any of the any of the the offseason workouts are gone, that's when he'll join. Um at least I'm hoping so, so that my third round dynasty my third round, <laughs> third round pans out. Um I think it could end up being a little bit of a steal for me. We'll see how that how that works out. All right, and then uh, one matchup has been revealed for the NFL season. On the 15th, I believe, the whole schedule is going to be released. But what do you think about the Christmas matchup of Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos going up against the Rams? I love it. love it. Is that going to be a fantasy killer for Russell Wilson that week going into the buzzsaw land? I don't know. I mean, he's got a lot of tools to work with there. I that That's going to be a good game. I think so too. Uh, Christmas, Christmas this year is going to be fun. Two games, and that's one of them. All right. Without any further ado, let's get into these uh, rookies, specifically for rookie dynasty drafts, coming right up here, and tell me where you think they fit in this. There's a lot of them to cover, so we'll start moving along with them. Uh, do you want to start right at the quarterback position? Seems to be a little bit uh, scarcer of a position this year. Sure. Yeah, definitely a scarce position this year. Okay, let's cover some of that we've already talked about. Kenny Pickett being perceived as the only quarterback that could, I think that could start by week one. I don't see anyone else doing that unless they have a Russell Wilson kind of training camp. What's your thoughts on Kenny Pickett going into this draft and what's his range for uh, rookie drafters to be looking at? Um, Yeah. So I definitely think I'm, I'm, I'd probably rank him number one in the, as, in, as far as quarterbacks for this dynasty draft. Um, what you said, the main guy that, that could start, um, he's got a lot of weapons there. So I would put him probably, it's also going to depend on what your team needs are. Um, you know, if you're, if you're a dynasty team, that's got like older guys, if you've been riding with Brady and Rogers or something for this on, you probably don't need to get a younger guy in there. Um, he wouldn't be a bad pet. I definitely think first round, you're going to see him go. Um, do you see him having a lot more value in super flex leagues though? Those teams that need maybe that third quarterback or someone that's un yeah, unproven in that second spot? Way more value in the um in the super flex for sure. So you would slide him significantly down boards on one quarterback dynasty leagues? Um yeah, yeah, because if it's a one quarterback dynasty league, you if you if you got two starters that are semi young, you'll you'll be fine. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment, and I think his value may be capped a little bit. His rookie year in Pittsburgh, they're going to run the ball here. 
But long-term, his prospects are good here. He couldn't have had a better fit in an area he's comfortable with, with weapons that are going to grow with him because it's still a fairly young offense. I think Kenny Pickett has got all the tools to succeed there, and I like this fit for him. Uh, let's talk about Desmond Ritter next for the Falcons. Is this is this is a little bit of a tough one because not only do they kind of have, let's say, a failed experiment of a quarterback coming in here, they traded away Matt Ryan, but this this offense is a little barren now. What's your thoughts on uh, Desmond Ritter? It's long term prospects, and could he potentially? Uh, hit the field in a lost year for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, it's so you just brought him up because I was just torn between <clears throat> where I thought like Desmond Ritter versus Malik Willis, like which one I would take if I was up looking for a quarterback and both were on the board. Um, <laughs> for this season, I definitely think Desmond Ritter has the best chance of playing. Like you said, they got Marcus Mariota there. Um, they're – the wide receiver group, though, is not terrible. You got Robert Woods. Come, I mean, he is coming off an injury. They just drafted Traylon Burks. Um, and then, obviously, you got Derrick Henry there. Um, that's the Titans. Yeah, let's go I back. Know. Circle back to the Falcons. Let's go. So, the Falcons took Drake London. Um, <laughs> and then you got Kyle Pitts. So, and I'm not, I don't even want to try to pronounce his name. Oh, I'm not even going to do it. Um <laughs> And then you still got the Cordell Patterson experiment going on. So it's I – I could see Desmond Ritter starting before the season's over. Like, I definitely think him and Kenny Pitchett have the biggest chance of starting some games in 2022. He's an interesting prospect, I think, too, maybe late second rookie, late second round or early third round. But he's kind of scary, too, if the Falcons – shit out this year and have a bad record. They could draft one of those quarterbacks at the top of the draft. It's not like they took him that high. No, so. like really, and it was kind of genius for the Falcons because it's a very low risk, high reward, just where they got him. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the case with almost all the quarterbacks taken in this draft. Teams were able to get them so late that if it doesn't work out, it's not, it's not that devastating. Um, I, yeah, I'm gonna. I, I think I'll rank Desmond Ritter above Malik Willis. Um, mainly because Desmond Ritter has the best chance to play this season. Okay, well, you've already covered Malik Willis a little bit, so why don't you give us the rest of Malik Willis's breakdown? Yeah. So I was already talking about the Titans. Accidentally hopped on their depth chart. Um, got some weapons there. You got Traylon Burks, Robert Woods coming off injury, and then obviously Derrick Henry. Um, but that Derrick Henry train is going to slow down here eventually. I mean, it's got to happen sooner or later. Um, we saw him get a little bit banged up this season. Uh, it's probably just going to keep going that way. Just, I, I don't think that level of usage is sustainable. Um, so you're probably going to see the Titans in the next couple of years have to become a much more throw-happy team. What's best? What's nice about Malik Willis is just that rushing ability. Yeah, um, which is a favorite of fantasy owners. Yeah, if you get that rushing ability, like the fantasy value is is very high. Um, and that would be that would be the toughest part about if you had we're trying to choose between Desmond Ritter and Malik Willis. Like, I mean, if you're looking past this upcoming year, you might want to look at Malik Willis just because they are going to have to start throwing the ball a bit more, and he does have that rushing ability. Yeah, and if 
the Titans do break down finally this, finally this year, and Derrick Henry isn't that good. Uh, they may look to tear it down. And what better way to tear it down than with a rookie quarterback here? Um, not taking on a lot of capital, someone that can look at another QB in a few years if he doesn't work out, but he's raw, immensely talented, has a good arm, but he's not very accurate. But what's nice for fantasy owners and kind of makes you interested in him is, like you stated, that rushing ability, which is always like having an extra running back on the bench every week. It's it's nice. Yeah, and judging by the press conferences, I feel like Ryan Tannehill's not thrilled. No, he's um, not happy. So that also makes me wonder is how how long does Ryan Tannehill stick around or you know what 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 he's feeling about it. Um because he's getting up there, right? Unless he's way younger than what I'm thinking. 30-20. Yeah. Wow. Why do I why do I feel like he's been playing forever? Because he's been productive for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, don't know. I'd be productive if I had Derrick Henry in my backfield too. A lot of play action would be easy. <laughs> yeah. So definitely some value there. Um, I would almost say the same kind of landing spot as Desmond Ritter, like late second, early third. I think it's in the same ballpark. But you like Ritter a little bit better? I do, but, but I think this could just be what I'm thinking, but I feel like Desmond Ritter is kind of going under the radar a little bit. Like, I kind of think he is too. Um, my, my hometown bias is – my home college bias is going to have me flip these two. I like Malik Willis's rushing ability, but Desmond Ritter is interesting there because he's got a few – Decent weapons there, specifically at the tight end position, and they drafted a rookie that could get a lot of volume that he could grow with. But I'm really afraid that Ritter is going to be phased out by them drafting a high-end quarterback next year should they falter. And I don't think the Titans would be a team to really do that here with Willis, so that's why I kind of flip-flopped in there too. Um, yeah, no, I get But it. I think Willis could sit on the bench longer, though, for that reason. They've already got Tannehill as a starter. They're looking to make the playoffs here, and this is someone more – that they would groom as opposed to bring in right away. Yeah, it's definitely going to be that short-term versus long-term um, reward. And like you said, the Titans are playoff contenders every year. So it's going to be – I mean, if Tannehill's getting them to the playoffs every year, it's going to be very hard to go to the rookie quarterback if you're still getting in the playoffs every year. You know what I mean? But they did just trade A.J. Brown, so we'll see if that changes. True. Um, All right, if that wasn't – go ahead with your finish. Nope, I was going to move on to the next quarterback, so you're I was going to say, if this isn't difficult enough, now in the second and third round, you're throwing Matt Corral into that situation, which could, out of the three, Ritter, Willis, and him, have the best avenue to starting straight out of the training camp because his only competition is Sam Darnold, who is an yeah. absolute garbage quarterback and his future prospects are the USFL. Like, after I just said I thought Desmond Ritter had the Nets' best option of starting in 2022, there's Matt Corral. Um, <laughs> and there's yeah. some pretty good weapons there. Yeah, Sam Darnold's your only competition. Uh, you got Christian McCaffrey hopefully coming back healthy. You got Robert Anderson there, Rashad Higgins, um, DJ Moore. So, yeah. he he could be a steal. For, for dynasty owners, if you have people that hop on the Pitcher Ritter Willis train, like if you if you snag 
um, Matt Corral in like the third round, that could set your dynasty team up long term. Um, and he he also does have the rushing threat. Um, not not to the level of Malik Willis, but it's there. Yeah. Corral, I think if you needed a third QB, an emergency third QB, and there's none in your dynasty leagues, I think he's the one I would look at if you're looking to potentially play in the playoffs this year. <laughs> um, and you weren't building. I think my favorite, if you were a building team not a few years out, would be Willis. But if your team's looking to compete this year, I think Corral has the best chance to start, especially later in the season, and be productive for you as your second QB in Superflex leagues. So it all depends on the of the phase your team is in, whether you're competing or not competing um, and how patient you can be. Because at this point, if you're not competing, you're just looking to get blue trip players and you may not even be looking to take QB at that point if you're just looking to get talent on your roster. Yeah. Ryan's like, I couldn't have said it better myself. No, you nailed it. And like, like I said with some of the other guys, if you have an aging quarterback position, especially super flats, um, it wouldn't be a bad idea to look at him. Okay. Uh, Sam Howell, what's your thoughts on him? So now we're entering like borderline. I wouldn't draft territory. Um, just, or it's the fourth round of your rookie draft. If you have those. Yeah. Like, I mean, Carson Wentz's ability to get injured. That is the, is the only thing that keeps Sam Howell's hopes of starting in 2022 alive and gives them some level of value. Maybe if you have Carson Wentz on your team, you you do it, right? Maybe I'll get him off waivers. Yeah, I mean, I but I want to draft him. I could see you drafting him late in the third um, if you got yes. nothing else here. But I think I'd rather take the chance on that wide receiver or running back that could find potential – as a starter, should there be injuries in that season or someone down the line that could have potential? And we'll get into those when we cover those two positions too. Um, last three prominent ones here. I don't have much to say about them. You may have something to say about them too. Uh, Chris Oldalon, Pittsburgh, Skalai Thompson from the Dolphins. I really don't have anything to say about these two. But uh, Bailey Zapp from the Patriots. Do you have anything to say about this kid? Um, I mean, I, I don't think I would draft him, but. No, he's a name. You're a Pats fan, so the best thing you would hope is just for the Patriots to end up in a situation where he starts and looks good, and he gets traded to a team. Um, you know, kind of like we saw with Hoyer, Garoppolo, those guys. Um, but it's Matt Jones's job. He's not gonna get it. So I, I think it's safe to say for the quarterbacks this year, it's a quite a disappointing year for them, and you're gonna be looking to fill the other skill positions more. Yeah, I mean, if you if you need a quarterback, wait until next year. Some people read too much into it. They're like, "Oh, Bill, Bill Belichick's not happy with Matt Jones or whatever." But Bill Belichick was drafting quarterbacks in the fourth round all through Brady's career. I mean, it's just what Bill Belichick does. He'll take a he'll take a shot on a young guy, and worst case scenario, you he's a solid backup when when um. When our other backup retires. All right, let's do it. Let's uh, get into the running back position. And right at the top is Brees Hall, who got drafted by the Jets. <laughs> Brian, what's your uh, fantastic fantasy opinion on Brees Hall? 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's probably going to go first or second in most or all dynasty drafts. Um, Michael Carter was productive in that offense. Uh, the Jets improved immensely this this past draft. Um, I think you're going to see him and Carter be a solid one-two combo. Um, yeah, Brees Hall has a ton of uh, day one starter. Let's see, he's getting comparisons to players like Saquon Barkley, Adrian Peterson. Um, I, I wouldn't put him that high, even with my homerism. I, I could see him getting 65 to 70% of the reps. He's that good of a running back. Um, but the comparison that I like him, the, the person I honestly like him to be compared to is someone like a Matt Forte, um, someone who was formerly on the Jets and was a Bears running back here too. I think there's a lot of value there for that kind of a running back. Um, he can definitely run the ball effectively. He's a sam- similar size too, and he's got an underrated catching ability too. And I think that's going to allow him to stay on the field with this team too. And they'll look to keep him healthy by bringing in some of these other guys off the bench, potentially Carter and Coleman. But um, I really think he could establish himself as a three down back in this Jets backfield within the offensive line. And there's talks of him potentially being the offensive rookie of the year. And in a year where there's no quarterbacks outside of Kenny Pickett taking in the first round, I don't see any reason why he couldn't do that. It could be a wide receiver this year or one of these other running backs. Yeah, no, I uh, I totally agree with you. Um, so Michael Carter this past season um, got 147 carries. Um, do you so do you see his fantasy value going down significantly with the? So the Nets' closest guy was Ty Johnson with 61 carries. So you had so you had Ty Johnson 61 carries, Michael Carter 47. So like 200 and 208 carries there. How do you see that getting split up between Carter and Hall? Unfortunately, I see his value going to nothing more than a flex running back at this point. He's going to take a similar role to other running backs where he could have okay weeks catching the ball out of the backfield in the third down roll, change of pace back to get Hall off the field. But this is is slightly disappointing for fantasy owners that happened to acquire him in this offseason, and I did in one of my trades too. So as a fan, I love Brees Hall on this team, but from a fantasy football standpoint, Carter's value drops significantly here, unless there's an injury here to Hall. Um, Carter really wasn't the number one running back, even on his own team in North Carolina here too. And they're looking to stick him more in that reserve role now. Um, I think he'll still see the field quite a bit, um, but it's going to be very hit or miss with him. Yep. All right, Ryan, what's your thoughts on Kenneth Walker to the Seahawks? You already talked about him potentially being the replacement for Carson or taking more work than Penny, so break him down for us. Yeah, so you have, you know, two injury-prone guys ahead of him. Um, I think the the only part that makes me nervous with uh, Walker is in PPR leads, I don't think he's got a lot of receiving work in his future. Um There'll be a lot of, you know, pound the rock kind of stuff. So in PPR leads, he might not be as valuable as, say, James Cook, who who a lot of people have ranked almost right behind him. Um, James Cook's probably going to get a lot of receiving words. So in PPR leads, it might hurt Ken Walker's value a little bit. Do you have Walker currently ranked here, or do you have James Cook above him? 
I, I actually have James Cook above Walker. That's kind of interesting, too, because um, there's a lot of thought that Kenneth Walker, and I, I think this is a bad analogy, wasn't used at Michigan State for his passing ability, but the potential was still there for him. Why would a team that used him as much as Michigan State did, his usage was quite high, not use him in the passing game if that usage was there. So I think it's kind of a misnomer to say that, oh, well, they'll use him more in the passing game too. Seahawks didn't use their running backs really in the passing game much anyway. And they're not going to. No, that's not how their offense runs. So he's going to strictly be that first and second down kind of running back too. And we don't even know if he's going to be the guy right out of the gate, too. I think that's why they drafted him, because of the injury to Carson um, and Penny's value here, too. But I think his role for now is unknown. But I think his long-term prospects are nice. Yeah, I'd go with that. All right, so you kind of already alluded to James Cook. So what's he look like in that Bills backfield? So Singletary turned it on last season. I think he probably enters in as the, the RB1. Um, but I think Cook's going to get a ton of opportunities. Uh, he's definitely got catching ability. Um, that's well known. Uh, the Bills pass the ball, obviously. Um, <laughs> yes, they do. So I, I really like his value, especially in uh, PPR leads. Um, and even outside Dynasty, he's probably worth a late round pick in a in a snake draft or throwing a few butts down on auction because I, I do think he can get that much work. In Dynasty rookie drafts, there's no player that I am more torn on because he fits in the mold of a running back that is under 200 pounds. And he kind of fills that role of a scat back. And for fantasy football, typically these guys aren't highly productive. But this is a Bills offense where he feels like he just fits like a glove. Um. I, I honestly don't know where I would fit him in this spot. I a week ago I thought of him as potentially being behind Brees Hall. I think I've worked Kenneth Walker above him now. Um, and honestly, he may fall down at number four for me before we get to that draft here. But there's so much ceiling for him, and not only that, I mean, come on, he's a cook. He there, there's a bro, there, there's a cousin already in the league, so there's going to be a little bias with this here too. <coughs> But yeah. that the weight of him being under 200 pounds does concern me for his durability and his usage on the field and how much he's actually going to get on the field. I mean, he could look like a monster week one and then do nothing in week two. It's it's an interesting dynamic with him, and he's a name I'm definitely going to look at a few times during the rookie mock draft, and it may be hard for me to not pull the trigger on him early. But I think a lot of dynasty owners are feeling the same thing, and they may end up regretting it in the long term. Yeah, I agree. All right. Do you think there's a honestly more perfect spot for Isaiah Spiller than the San Diego than the Los Angeles Chargers? Almost did it. I mean, they've been trying to fill the second running back role uh, since the name's escaping me. Denver running back. Who? There's a Denver running back that used to play for the Chargers. Oh, um. Uh, Gordon. Yeah, since Gordon, since Melvin Gordon has left, they've tried to change. They've tried to fill this role um, with Jackson, who was significantly worse, and many other guys here too. And Isaiah Spiller, well, not very pretty playing, is an excellent running back, especially on his uses too. So there's no better running back to fill this role. 
and currently their running back is starting to age there. So what's your thoughts on Isaiah, Isaiah Stiller's long-term usage with the Chargers? Yeah, so like you kind of mentioned, the Chargers have been dying to take some of the burden off of um, Eckler. I mean, he, he's yeah. been used a ton. Um, so, you know, Spiller was kind of a favorite with the Scouts, didn't didn't test the greatest. Um, so they were kind of able to snag him out, out there. Um, I think he'd be a perfect kind of change of pace back, you know, get Eckler off the field for a little bit. It's a good situation going. He's only 21. He's not even 21. Yeah, he's very young, which is something you highly consider when you look at a dynasty owners. Yeah, like he's young. Um, So he, yeah, he could be a solid pick. I don't, probably like second round-ish. I, probably, I, I wouldn't say first round, but. um, Early second round, I think, though. Yeah, solid, solid situation he's going into, though. Um, And he's going into a team that, knows how to do use the run game obviously um and you try to pick up pieces in high power offenses and this chargers offense is going in high power yeah 100 um so definitely a good good situation um i think he had let me see yeah about 200 receiving yards per season per season at Texas. um so he has some receiving ability um He's, he's more of that back that'll come in and pound the rock anyway. Eckler is more of that catching running back anyway. And you can see the changing of the guard eventually where they could – Eckler's approaching, I believe, 27-28 now. So he may have a highly productive year there. And then next year they may look to switch it off where Eckler's coming in at third down. And you have Isaiah Spiller taking the starting role. Um, and then Eckler's productive from that passing role for another five, six years because he's not getting the hits. That may and, be what the Chargers are looking to do. And for this Spiller, like props to the Chargers getting him in the fourth round. Um, yeah. Takes a ton of pressure as far as, you know, performing and having a hot season right out the gate. Um, gives him a little bit of time to develop. So good situation for everyone involved, I think. All right. Here's a very interesting one. Personally, a running back I like here. Um Damian Pierce, he was drafted by the Texans, and there doesn't seem to be a lot in that backfield outside of Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead. So do you Damn think you, Pierce – I was eyeing him. What did you say? I said, damn you, I was eyeing him. Um, I think yeah. everyone's eyeing him. Um, he's that borderline second-round pick and could be a starter, I think, this year. Um, what's uh, your thoughts on him? Yeah, for the reasons you just mentioned. It's Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack in front of him. Um, neither guy's getting any younger. Um, neither guy's really been the guy in a backfield. Um, so it's a, it's a really good situation. And for people that draft him in dynasty, um, you, you could be using a late round pitch and getting a starting running back right out the gate. I don't think he's going to be a late round pick in most. I think you're going to see him go in the early second round. And I think some people will take him over James Cook just on the potential of him starting this year. Yeah, yeah team. I, I was surprised to see, and we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to him. I was surprised to see some places had uh, Rashad White ranked higher. Yeah, um, well, let's talk about Rashad White. You, you brought him up, so get into him. Yeah, so just, I don't love the situation. I mean, you got Leonard Fournette and Giovanni Bernard right there. Um, 
it's going to be hard to kind of break in break that uh that group there. Um, mm-hmm. Ronald Jones, who was the third back last year, he had a whole four hundred yards. <laughs> so he, but those guys are older. It could be long term. It could be a solid pick. But as far as the immediate return you're going to get, I don't I don't love Rashad White. Yeah, no, I I don't like the long term out. Looks for him too because I mean Tom Brady's aging. He's potentially to make that three hundred seventy-five million on Fox by the time he retires at the age of fifty. Um, I I think there's better boom-rated running backs you could take here outside yeah. of that pick. So I'm going to slide right past this past that one, and we'll move on to more running backs, ones that I think have potentially more upside. Uh, one I think that's got a lot of upside, and another one I'm circling too is. Uh, Samir White, listen, Jacobs didn't get his contract extended from the Raiders. And this could potentially be a running back that could start for the Raiders next year in an offense that I think is pretty good. So what's your thoughts on uh, Zamir White for the Raiders? Yeah, I mean, I, Josh McDaniels uh, likes to run the ball. So is this connecting the dots here or is this something where I'm playing in crazy land? No, I, I wouldn't love him as much had they extended Josh Jacobs. But they didn't. Um, you do have Kenyon Drake there too. So as far as this season goes, there's it's gonna be hard for him to get a lot of work. But after this upcoming season, you could see him kind of really become one of the main the main guys in the backfield if they don't sign Josh Josh Jacobs. Um, and they have a lot of money tied up right now, so I don't really know if they will be able to. Okay. Uh, another running back here too that could find his way into. Um, I don't know if it would be the starting lineup because Cordell Patterson is there, but Mike Davis is no longer playing for that team. But uh, Tyler Algier for Tyler Algier for the Falcons coming from BYU could find himself having an extended role for the Falcons, maybe not early on, but later on in the year. And should he prove himself, establish himself as the future running back of the Atlanta Falcons, who could be rebuilding next year. Um, a lot of teams that are rebuilding won't spend a lot of capital at the running back position. So I think you could see him be productive in the second half of year one, all the way into year three and four. What's your thoughts on Tyler Algier? Is he a good late round prospect for people? I think he could be just because I think he might be the guy on the goal line. Um, Even over Cordell Patterson? Yeah, I think um, – I'm gonna say yeah. I think, I think the the goal line work will be where you you're gonna get the value from him. Okay, and uh, with those few picks that we gave you as potential good flyers later in your draft, let's move on to some Patriots running backs because there's two of them here. So give me your synopsis of Pierre Strong first. Where does he fall into this committee? Is he someone even worth considering? Just Bill Belichick for running backs is so hard. Um, is this something you should avoid then altogether? We have Damian Harris, Ramadre Stevenson, both produce well. You have James White coming back from injury. Um, it, when Harris was a rookie, they, they redshirted him for a year. Um, so you just see them doing something similar. Uh, I don't think I'd draft him. And if he goes undrafted in your lead, I would just keep an eye on it throughout training camp and preseason and 
a major decision there. The Patriots are just so hard when it comes to running bats. So this isn't a Ramondre Stevenson kind of situation? No. No. All right, same thing for uh, Kevin Harris then for the Pats too, another running back you drafted? Yeah. Yep, stay All away right. from that. All right, and what's your thoughts on – next let's move to Jerome Ford for the Cleveland Browns. I, this is kind of interesting because, I mean, Kareem Hunt's kind of getting up there in age, and I think he's kind of a similar running back. Do you like maybe Jerome Ford as a late-run flyer for teams? Maybe. That backfield's so crowded. It is. This would, this would be the third or fourth running back on their team. But you gotta you're you're taking dark throws at this point. You're right. You're kind. You got Dearness Johnson, Kareem Hunt, and Nick Chubb, all who have had solid production at some point when they've gotten the work. Um I don't like it. Okay. Ty Chandler for the Vikings. I mean, there's a few running backs there. Madison's the backup. Coach the starter. Yeah, but I mean, Delvin gets hurt sometimes, and Madison's gotten banged up a little bit. Is there an avenue for him to potentially start at some point in the season or be productive for you? Or is this like no. nothing that you'd fly at? I don't like that either. Snoop Connor for the ja the Jaguars, two mention in the backfield. I don't like that either. I just like this name, Snoop. <laughs> I like that name. I wish I <laughs> Might have to draft him just on the name. You want to know who you uh, haven't mentioned yet that I do kind of like? Sure. Brian Robinson Jr. for Washington. What are your thoughts? What are, you, what are your thoughts? Well, that's uh, quite a crowded backfield. I mean, honestly, I, I don't see the avenue where he really starts. Um, let, let me just say – I don't like that whole backfield to begin with. J.D. McKissick's the passing back there who isn't highly productive for fantasy football because the Washington Commanders suck to begin with. Ryan would attest that the starting running back to that team was a huge disappointment last year. Ryan, what's that running back's name? Antonio Gibson. And Gibson rode the bench for quite a bit last year, and he's getting high stock this year again where – I don't see why he's getting that. And I think you've been putting him on the trading block for a while because you'd like to move on from him for that reason. But you like this running back in this position. Why don't you tell me why? I do just because, so I, I think he ends up becoming the, I think he ends up becoming, uh, being the RB two. I think he's right behind Gibson. Um, I think he's one, one Gibson injury away from serious playing time, <laughs> um, which as we saw last season can definitely happen. Um, I like so it. you. So you hear that dynasty owners in the garbage time fantasy football dynasty league, what you're going to need to do is draft him one spot ahead of Ryan and then hold him for ransom because he's the Gibson owner. So you, that would probably work. Um, <laughs> you're yeah. giving up a first round pick for him next year. But don't, I will don't say, do that. <laughs> and I'm not saying I I absolutely love it and I'm super high on him or whatever. But I I think. I like his value over Snoop, Jerome. Um, Definitely over these guys, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd probably take him over Pierre Strong. Um, what about Tyler Algier? Probably not, just because Patterson's getting up there, and I think we start to see that experiment falter 
a little bit towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't really know how much longer that's going to be sustainable. Okay. And what about some of these last names I've got on here? Uh, there's Tristan Elmer for the bears. Nothing. No, no, no one. On I, the mean, bears. I mean, they're running backs are getting up there in age a little bit, but no, no, no. I, I think there could potential. There could be some potential for him to get in that backfield. <laughs> Not the bears. All right. Well, I mean, well, and, and I will say too, I don't know what other, everyone else's dynasty league is set up as, but we got three pits, right? Three. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really know if I'll foresee myself getting that deep. You know what I mean? You think you'll be getting a little bit more deep in the much deeper wide receiver class this year? Yeah. Um, okay. One option I'll throw at you, though. What What about Hassan Haskins? Tennessee, Derrick Henry's getting getting up there. Huge workload. It's got to start. It's got to start tapering off at some point, right? He's interesting for the fact that, yeah. They could look to rebuild in a year or two if Derrick Henry nosedives this year or gets injured again. As we saw last year when other running backs came to that backfield who were disappointing in other teams, they were quite successful. There was a game against the Patriots where two running backs had over 100-yard games against us, so that offensive line is quite productive. And a productive offensive line will help any running back be productive, especially for fantasy football, so... Yeah, that's a name you can definitely look at, and uh, I think one you definitely put on my radar. I may circle now. Thank you, Brian. Crap, shouldn't have said anything. Um, <laughs> now, if you were in a redraft league, would yes. you would you bother handcuffing him with Derrick Henry at all? Yeah, that's someone you could definitely handcuff with him. Okay. Um, all right. Is there any other running backs you wanted to bring up too? That's really the ones I wanted to cover. Um, let me see here. Not really. No, I think we covered him. I mean, you went even deeper than where I was going. You don't want to talk about Zonovan Knight? You can cover him really quick. Go ahead. No, I don't. I don't have anything. He he's on the Jets. I don't. I don't. I don't even know who that is. Nah, I had no interest. Don't worry <laughs> about that one. We all have right, Brees um, Hall. <laughs> no, I think I'm good. Um, I'm kicking myself for mentioning Hassan Haskins to you now, but nonetheless, here we are. So if you want to um, mess with a Derrick Henry owner, go ahead and draft him. And uh, <laughs> right in the last draft of your redraft this year, um, or, and, or take him as the last pick in your uh, dynasty rookie draft, and watch him squirm when uh, when Henry goes down, <laughs> and then you get to start him. All right, uh, quickly here. Uh, not a ton of depth at the tight end position, but there's a few interesting guys here. Um, Trey McBride going to the Arizona Cardinals. Is there potential to look at him in the second or third round of rookie drafts? And do you think he could actually do anything in this offense? Yeah. So I like, I like Trey McBride a lot. Um, Definitely the, the tight end one in this rookie dynasty draft, I would say. Um, They got, I mean, they got Hollywood Brown now, AJ mm-hmm. Green, Rondale Moore. Um, I mean, have, Ertz is there, which I think does have Ertz a there, bit. which hurts, but Ertz isn't getting any younger either. Um, he would be a solid future pick, 
for tight end. And those top tight ends are harder and harder to come by. So if you get one that might be a top tight end in the next couple of years, pretty solid. McBride's going to an offense where it is a high-octane offense with a good quarterback. And we saw Earth be productive there. Um, he's someone I think you'd have to be patient with in this offense, but that upside is there for him. And he kind of reminds me of a Rob Gronkowski. I really could see him being productive, maybe not in his rookie year, but maybe in year two or three when Ertz's contract is too much for Arizona and they've got to pay their uh, pissed off quarterback and they can move on from him. Uh, so I really like Trey McBride in that offense. I think that's a pretty good fit for him. Uh, now let's move into Jeremy Rucker, who was drafted by the Jets. He was wow. drafted. He's your number two? He's our number three. He's not my number two. Okay. No, I, I've got another one, but he was the next one on the list and probably the most prominent name behind it. So Rucker is third on the Jets depth chart. So he's someone that I would probably take maybe a third round flyer on. But listen, in most drafts, tight ends are not going to be the premium pick unless you're getting one of those top four or five picks here. So I think Rucker is someone that could work well in what I'm calling a future high octane offense. Not yet. It may get there, but is this your homerism showing through a little bit, but <laughs> the tight end position is very important for a 49er style system to produce here too. And they can get out of these veterans that they signed in a year or two. So just keep an eye on Jeremy Rucker. Um, some analysts were calling him the top tight end on this draft. I personally think it was Trey McBride, but um, he could definitely carve himself out a role there. Uh, but my number two in this draft, honestly, is, and this will make Ron happy, is uh, Bellinger, tight end of the Giants there. Danny Bellinger. There's, what else do they have at the tight end position there? He, he's going to come right in and start in that role. And, I mean, there's nothing better for a shitty quarterback than, you know, the security booth of a tight end doesn't mean he'll necessarily be incredible in year one, but you're, you're looking for value late in this late in these drafts and he's going to get a workload. So who do you like better here in these spots? Is it Jeremy Rucker or Danny Bellinger for the giants? If you're making me choose between those two, um, I'll say, I'll say Bellinger uh, just because there's nothing else there. Would you draft either one of these two? No, I don't think so. No, I could potentially look at Bellinger. I think right at the end of the third round, if there's not other things. But like I said, the running back position is deep enough, and the wide receiver position is endlessly deep in this draft. So I think that's more about to where I would look, unless I was looking at Trey McBride in that early third round, late second round area. I think fair enough. Um, another name you could look at too, Jake Ferguson for the Cowboys. Again, you want pieces of high-octane offenses. Uh, they lost one this offseason, and another one's injured. Could you see someone like Jake Ferguson carving himself out a role with the Cowboys? Um, He's got a good he, – he's a solid blocker, so that could definitely get him out on the field. Um, yeah, You might see some more. I don't, I, would, I don't think I'd draft him, though. Okay, and two other names. This, these are not players I would draft but would keep an eye on, too. Uh, John Fitzpatrick of the Falcons, uh, should their starting tight end go down? And Charlie Cole Hart of the Falcons, 
just two names to observe, keep on your radar. Is there anyone I really missed here, Ryan? Yeah. So you got it. You have any thoughts on Jelani Woods, Greg Dolchik? You got Jelani Woods going to Indy. You know, he's very athletic. He's interesting because Moali Cox is gone. So yeah. Jelani Woods is one. Minimum, minimum competition at that position. Um, yeah, no, he's definitely an interesting fit, and he's got good pass pass catching ability too. So Jelani yeah. Woods is someone you could potentially look at. Um, maybe more picking off the waiver wire after the draft, though. And then Greg Dolchik, you know, going to Denver. Russell Wilson's there now. He does have he does have Alberto in front of him, but <laughs> I I think he got a lot him. of wide receivers. Yeah, I I don't love him, but honestly, like. I think I have Jelani Woods over Rucker, Bellinger, and Ferguson. It's interesting. Um, I, I will say this about Denver. You kind of mentioned the tight end position there too. Really, Tim Patrick is their tight end. He's he's the one that <laughs> kind of gets in. The, he's kind of in the red zone there for him. He's kind of the big pretty much. guy. That's he's not fancy. He's just Tim Patrick, and he's really their tight end, and that's how they use him. <laughs> It's funny you say <laughs> Expect that. Expect them to get used to again. It's funny you say that because it's so true. And like, I I had never thought about it like that. Um, it's a good way to evaluate Tim Patrick. And I mean, he's someone that can really go under the radars in fantasy drafts this year. He's, yeah, he's always productive be, and he's got a hell of a quarterback now. It'll be very, yeah. And that's about, it's going to be very interesting to see what Russell Wilson does to that offense. Yeah. And that Christmas game is going to be absolutely badass. Ryan, is there anything you want to say to the heckling fandom before we get out of here tonight? Or do you have any wrap-up thoughts about the NFL draft for fantasy rookie drafts that people no, can focus up, on? I, I can't wait to be devastated when you take all of the players that I mentioned to you that I really like. So, <laughs> Especially that Texans running back that you were eyeing, and then you're like, oh, son of a bitch, yeah. he's eyeing him too. And then I had to throw Hassan in there, who wasn't even on your radar. So probably going to be hating myself. Yeah, don't and, worry. He, he's right there on my paper now. So yeah, probably gonna be hating myself in a couple weeks here when we well, a couple months here when we do our dynasty draft. So how do you know I won't like Tyler Algier? He's a BYU guy, and Zach Wilson came from BYU, so maybe a little bit of homerism Jets fan coming in. Maybe there. that's true. I don't you're not as spiteful as me where you won't do it just to just to mess with me, whereas I would do that. But or who knows, I'll take the New England approach and just trade all my draft picks for future picks next year. That's what I did. I mean, I have four first-rounders next year. I've, I've been waiting for people to make offers, but I haven't gotten anything. I don't even know what I'm going to do with that many picks. But anyway. You know what will happen is this rookie draft will start for us, and you'll get the itch to draft, so you'll be like, I'll give you two first-round picks to move yeah. into your spot. I'm just going to I'm just gonna take the top four quarterbacks. <laughs> and hold them all, Ramson. Yep. <laughs> That, that'd be interesting for fantasy league. I don't think I've ever seen that done. So, guys, if you like what you hear on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, like and subscribe to the show here on YouTube. That really helps us in the algorithms and helps move us up charts where fantasy football is endless in the amount of podcasts there are on YouTube. So we'd like to get out to a few more listeners, too. If you like listening to us in audio form, too, leave us reviews on Google or Spotify. We'd really appreciate that. You can also listen to us on TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Amazon, anywhere else you get podcasts to. And don't be afraid to visit us at www.garbagetimeff.com. 
You can visit us at Twitter at garbage underscore time FF, where you can leave us messages or comments and we'll leave the, read them live on the show. We're also at Instagram at garbage time fantasy football, where we leave clips of the show there too. And if you're shy and don't want to leave us voicemails on the website, www.garbagetimeff.com on the Instagram, you can leave us messages or questions there too, for your fantasy football teams. And we're more than happy to answer them for you. So tomorrow night, guys, we have a fantasy rookie mock draft for dynasty league format specifically Superflex, coming to you tomorrow so tune in for that it'll be minimum me and jj maybe ron ryan won't be there but ryan i'm sure will power through a few more shows in the next coming weeks so with that guys have a great night make sure to join the heckling fandom we really would like to have you there Boom.